racist Cause on the 9th of June 1862 On a summer's afternoon I took the bus to Bamberg's And she was heavy laden The way we went along Collingwood Street That's on the road to Bladen Hello and welcome to episode 72 of CHN Radio. I am your host, Greg Troxell. We have an action-packed episode for you because we are previewing 2019-2020 Premier League season for Newcastle United. And to do that, we all know I couldn't do this alone. And we've had some solo episodes recently, but this one is guaranteed to be a banger and guaranteed to be combined with the best damn co-hosts in the land. Join me and welcome Elijah Newsom. Hello, I exist. That, that's all I got for you. If you want to follow me on the Twitters, at Elijah underscore Newsom, for all the hottest takes about Newcastle basically signing FIFA players. So, there you go. That's my spiel. Every, everyone is a FIFA player. Wow, actually. Didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so we have some housekeeping to do. Uh, none of y'all decided to help out our girl, Jess, Jess Foster, but we're going to keep that going. Mm. Um, so click on the GoFund link. Um, we need $400 and if every person donates one, then we'll be fine. Um, so just go to the GoFund link when we tweet it out, click it, donate a dollar, donate two, donate 150, donate 10,000. Um, all of it will help. Next thing, follow us on Twitter at chn underscore radio. Mm. Follow Coming Home Newcastle's main account at Coming Home NUFC. Uh, there's going to be a lot of articles on there, especially during the season. You are ready and you are warned for that. Um, Elijah, what we got another five star review. We do. We need. Give me three more, ladies and gents. Let's Give do me it. three more, and you will see what's going to happen. Oh. Okay? Mm. You're going to see. You're going to see. So I just need a little bit more put. Just a little bit more, guys. Also, Tiny bit. Greg, I just want to give a quick shout-out to one person who's near and dear to my heart, um, who has just been an immense part of the growth of this podcast. Um, shout-out to Will Watson, at Batman's Milkman, who slid into our DMs. <laughs> Yes, Will. Honest, What's up, man? Yeah, yeah. Do more of that. If if you're listening to this and you haven't slid into our DMs, you're lame. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> and like, I don't know. If you've never had a had an experience of having a conversation through one account with two different people, having two we'll different conversations, slide into our DMs and we'll we'll show you how it's done. Yeah, we'll do that. Oh yeah. We're not afraid. Not even if you don't ask, we will. Because I don't think he was expecting <laughs> sure. both of us to respond, but yeah. it happened. It's in the past. That's what. That's what we do. Probably we, change someone's life. One day, one day that could happen. Mm. No, it, it did. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, so let's dive in, Elijah, because literally in less than a week we're playing our first Premier League match. Mm. That's crazy to think about. Um, 
So let's let's start things off by recapping this definitely not quiet offseason for Newcastle United. There's a lot going on. First thing to bring up, and we'll start this on a sad note, is Rafa left. Um, and Steve Bruce joined in. Uh, Elijah, just give me like a little collective reaction to those two events taking place. Uh, it was sadness followed by disappointment, followed by I think I think there was a bit of light humor afterwards, which is kind of like is it one of those things where Newcastle fans are somewhat like comedians and they're just all depressed and use jokes to cover that up? Or is it just genuinely funny that like reports came out that Steve Bruce was uh, the tenth option? Eleventh. Eleven. You're right. Eleventh option on a list of managers, and the first ten all said no. And I think that's funny. Um, and I think a lot of people thought that was funny, but it's also sad. So just sad, disappointment, funny slash sad slash depressed. Tis the life of a Newcastle fan. Um, are you just going to avoid the anger part of it? Well, I, you know how I feel about there's anger. there's a lot of anger. <laughs> I guess there's anger, yeah. but like, you know how I feel about it. If you don't know how oh, I feel it about was, it, listen to the it Steve there. Bruce podcast. I was like, okay, whatever. People are mad, but it's like, I mean, people are mad at Steve Bruce, which still does not make any sense. And I think that's a, that's a stance that this podcast will, will hold that, Please don't be mad at Steve Bruce right now. And I know there's some people who are going to, as soon as we drop this podcast, there's going to be a couple people who are going to tweet at us, don't don't tell people not to be mad at Steve Bruce. Dude hasn't even managed a match yet. Like, at least give him that. But obviously, if you're mad, and if there were a lot of people who were mad, direct your anger at Mike Ashley. And Greg did bring up a good point. We did see Boycott Arsenal, like, really gained a lot of steam once Bruce was hired. Um, that whole movement... And shout out to them. They're really doing a good work. Uh, I'm interested to see what Sunday looks like. Um, but, yeah, uh, events happen that may have slowed down the boycott. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into all that stuff. Um, and then after the Bruce signing, we, we, kinda, we went to China. We actually scored a goal, and that goal helped us win, which is a shock to me. And then we came back. We signed – Jetro, well, I guess we'll Whoa. go in order. Time out. Yeah, yeah, about to say. Don't don't forget we smashed we our transfer record. Yeah, smashed our transfer record. Forty mil for Joel and Tune, and we got a nice little loan to buy option with Jetro Willems, mm. and then Saint Gucci Max, Alam Saint Maximo. That is, I mean that that's a that's a pretty good coup right there. We'll take that. Yeah. Um, and by the way, just going to plug this. If you're interested in hearing more about these players, listen to the podcast we have for them because they exist. Yes. They exist. We have emergency podcasts for every signing. Well, I think Joel Linton, we were record- we were planning on recording that night. So just like pretty sure like that that week's podcast is just like half of it's about oh, Joel yeah, Linton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the other ones there um, emerged. That just practice. fell in perfectly to our recording schedule. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it was a very interesting offseason. We're just skimming through the, the very light notes of it. But um, let's pull up Newcastle United's schedule for this season. So and we'll, we'll start doing that like match match to match. I'll break it down, Elijah, mm-hmm. in like a 10-game 
format. Yeah. And then we'll just, I guess, go from there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, we're going to start off with our first 10 games. We'll start off. We're home against Arsenal at Norwich at Spurs, home against Watford at Liverpool, home against Brighton at Leicester, home against Manchester United at Chelsea, home against Wolves. Oh, your thoughts on those first 10 games. <laughs> um, there's definitely it's similar. to It's not as bad as last season start. It's somewhat similar. There are matches where Newcastle, regardless of the manager, you could argue could pick up points. Um, looking at Watford, Norwich, um, I mean, given the state of Leicester's back line, potentially Leicester and obviously Brighton. So I would say it's not too bad. Um, I mean, you've also got to go to Tottenham. You've got to go to Liverpool. Um, and you've got to uh, go to Chelsea. But at least you're getting that out of the way um, early on in the season and not like, you know, at the end of the season having to go away to Chelsea in order to secure safety, which just sounds like a nightmare, or go away to Liverpool to secure safety. So it's good that you get those out of the way early. Um, I, I mean, I think Newcastle could pick up a few points here, honestly. I mean, I'd be kind of shocked if we get to as horrendous start as we did last season just because there's some winnable games in there um, where I just think on paper Newcastle are the better team. Yeah, well, we kind of got into that last year too, but like we started – with a North London team. <laughs> we're doing that again. Um, we were Spurs last year, now it's Arsenal, and then we went on the road to a newly promoted side, and we picked up only one point. That was a horrendous game that I will always remember. Um, so we're doing the same thing there. But, yeah, ten games, five of them are against the top six side. Um, and most of those top six sides are on the road. So that's that could lend to a pretty brutal um, start. Um, like just I'm just like glancing over this, but like three points, four points maybe. Like, I think it's interesting. I will, it'll be interesting to see how fans react to because Steve Bruce seems like he wants the players to go for it, and um, obviously Rafa is more about discipline and keeping a tight back line. I mean, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how fans react to, like, because there was so much negativity, I think, at, at times around the fact that we were basically, like, losing to Man City one nothing, or Rafa was, like, not attacking. Now you have Steve Bruce, who seems like he's wanting to attack and let players attack. Um, we'll see how, how people like. Do they Would they rather, like, losing 1-0, or do they want to lose 5-1? I mean, we're going to find out, and we're going to find out real quick. Yeah, exactly. So we'll get to the next 10. Um, then we have, we're at West Ham, home against Burnmouth, at Villa, home Man City, at Sheffield United, home against Southampton, at Burnley, home against Crystal Palace, at Man United, home Everton. Yeah, this is that, that 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 takes us up right to the new year, pretty much. Yeah, this is that crucial stretch that we see. Uh, Newcastle kind of um, usually they they do good enough to to make make fans worried, but keep us but show flashes of brilliance that ultimately like don't worry fans as much. If that makes sense, like they'll win a few games and then you know you're feeling kind of good, but then you also realize like oh we're in like 16th or 17th, 
and you kind of get sad, and then January, Newcastle kicked it in the gear. Um, and that could happen again. This is a pretty winnable stretch of games in, in the sense that you're going up against Villa, you're going up against Sheffield, you're going up against Burnley, Southampton. Um, and, you know, I don't know how good or bad Crystal Palace will be um, this season, but, you know, we'll see. And then West Ham and Bournemouth are always kind of just evenly matched games as well. So there's potential for Newcastle to do well. Um, and then there's also potential for Newcastle to drop a ton of points that they shouldn't. And so we'll see because you're playing at home against a good amount of – you're playing – yeah, this is like decent amount of matches at home too. So I don't yeah. know. You're playing against two relegated sides or recently promoted sides, sorry, and then two teams in the top six, um, and then the rest are just mid-table. So it's a, it's a pretty good stretch. And, like, I think how many in a row are you playing that? So we have Sheffield, Southampton, Burnley, Crystal Palace. So we have a stretch of four, four straight opponents against teams that are definitely bottom half of the table. Yeah. Um, so and, that's, that's where you want to pick up something right there. And we could be <laughs> facing a rotated Man City side, which still is hard to face, but it's possible because that's, you know, late November. So they'll probably be rotating their squad a bit for cup competitions and, of course, Champions League. So we'll yeah. see. Another interesting to point out is the Tuesday, December 3rd against at, at Sheffield mm-hmm. and Tuesday, December 26th, Boxing Day. Mm. At Man United, both those matches will be shown on Amazon TV. Oh, I have Amazon. Interesting, interesting little tidbit there. I was interested to see how that works. All right, and then let's go to our third set of ten. We're home against Leicester City at Wolves, home against Chelsea at Everton, home Norwich at Arsenal, at Crystal Palace, home Burnley at Southampton, and Lastly, home against Sheffield United. It's an interesting mix. It's an interesting mix. You got Everton who, um, you got, well, you're coming, you're going to Leicester right after Everton. And Everton. Yeah, those those first four, Leicester, Wolves, Chelsea, Everton, that's that's pretty tough. And then we get a little break with Norwich and then we're at Arsenal and it's like, geez. (laughs) Yeah, but the other thing with Everton is that like Everton fans will tell you this. You just never know what Everton you'll get. So maybe we'll get lucky and one of the two times we play Everton, they just like like last season, they just allow us to have an insane comeback and completely break down. But, you know, I'm not putting all my eggs in that basket. But, you know, after that first four, you've got some pretty winnable games again. Another situation of facing pretty much those same similar teams that we were already talking about that were kind of bottom half there's probably going to be i think at least one of the the one of these teams that we play whether it be um southampton aston villa or sheffield are probably already going to be at the bottom of the table or we are who knows yeah um so yeah i I mean you've got some really really winnable games and i don't know i'm just i'm it's really hard to tell how good or bad newcastle will do because we don't really know how the team will play. <laughs> and I think it'll, it'll yeah. be it'll be a little easier cuz I think like with Rafa we at least knew, you know, what to expect yeah, and we and it, we knew that he had a tactical advantage over 
a lot of a lot of the managers in the Premier League, and so it kind of just made it a little bit easier to kind of predict things out. And as you can see with our predictions each year, a lot of the times we were very spot on in terms of like the final landing place for Newcastle. Um, and I don't know, it's just it's just odd because you just we know nothing about Bruce. Where it's like on paper this team shouldn't get relegated, but you know things like injuries could derail the season or or like i don't know steve bruce i don't know it's just weird and i don't like it so yeah you you have to and that's the hardest part about doing these previews right now is because we don't there there is a lot of unknown at newcastle united as far as like how we're going to play even like it seems like we threw out our best lineups in our last two friendlies but even tactically there are some things there's a lot of things that we're still figuring out and that bruce is still figuring out i mean Literally, I mean, two thirds of our attack is gone. So yeah, um, and then on and then on top so. of that, you like Steve Bruce had played this two striker system, or I guess uh, me, whatever you want to call Miguel Amaron, um, and it's worked out really well. But then you signed another winger, and essentially you've now have to change the system somewhat. And it's like because like there was a, there were talks like. Are some, you talking about what he did? In the championship? No, I'm talking about or, like just recently. Like I don't know okay, what you want to okay. call if you want to call Joel and and Miggy like up top together, or Miggy kind of just behind him in his free sort of role. But essentially, we Newcastle have rolled out this look with Joel in tune and Miguel Amiron as like the main attacking players with a midfield behind them supporting them, and you're you're five in the back, and like you just signed a really dynamic winger who is the most expensive winger in the team outside of whatever you want to call Miguel Amiron who's wearing the number 10 shirt so it's like I don't see a, a world where Gucci St. Max doesn't or St. Gucci Max geez uh where St. Gucci Max Gucci doesn't man. start and then in this current system like where does he start and it, that's that's the like he's not going to be in the midfield he's not going to play a wing back role he doesn't defend so like where does he start and so that that right there alone it's like our final you know, preseason games of tune-up, and we don't even know where one of our signings is going to play come Sunday. And, I mean, again, that could change, you know, barring who we bring in this window. I, I mean, I don't know. We could go to a 4-2-3-1 and roll that out against Arsenal. Just no one knows. It's very yeah. frustrating. <laughs> um, okay, so let's go to our next set of 10. Starting in March, or sorry, there's only eight left. Um, sorry, March 21st, we're home against Villa at Burnmouth, home West Ham at Man City at Watford, home Spurs at Brighton, home Liverpool. Yeah, this is uh, this is this is tough um, for a multitude of reasons. It's it's like it's uh, it's inconsistently tough. Yeah, it was like easy, kind of hard, easy, hard, average, hard, easy, hard. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and make this my toughest stretch of the year. And okay. Here's here's why, because your last five games, you've got three teams who are probably going to be in the top three: Man City, Tottenham, Liverpool. That alone already, yeah, scary. Now in years past, the past couple of years. Newcastle have had some of their best performances in their last, you know, six, seven games because they had already secured promotion. Again, well, not promotion, safety. So, again, 
We don't and, really know. Yeah. Promotion. Yeah. Well, yeah. True. I guess. Or, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, but like, then again, we don't we don't know where Newcastle will be at this time next season, and if Newcastle are, are even, you know, in fifteenth or sixteenth, this last stretch is like the most nail biting portion of the season because, like, imagine Newcastle's fate is in the hands of them playing Liverpool. It's like I mean I don't really see a world where Newcastle successfully beat Liverpool in order to secure safety. Or, you know, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty and the Tottenham game is a must-win or a must-draw. Like, sure. I mean, under Rafa, I would feel a little bit better. But then again, we don't know Steve Bruce. And then again, Steve Bruce not, might, might not even be here. Who knows? I mean, he could get fired by January. I mean, I hope for the sake of this club that that doesn't happen. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen in January. We don't even know. It's just a lot of uncertainty, and that right there is is the most scariest part of the schedule because you're getting to the end of the season you have to play a lot of good teams in a time in which Newcastle could be you know playing every match as if it's their last in the Premier League so um, that makes it tough for me the toughest stretch by far easily yeah so I'm gonna go a little bit different here I think the toughest stretch is that first five games mm. um, we're home against Arsenal we're at Norwich that's I think Pretty sure that's their first match since coming up after a few years. And we're at Spurs, home against a good Watford side, and then at Liverpool. Uh, there's there's a legit chance that that could be ugly. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going last five, I'm going first five. Yeah. And, and that's how we're doing it. And to be fair, the only reason I didn't go first five is because we saw this season it's possible to recover from dropping the first five matches. But, like, it is impossible to recover well yeah i I don't mean it as yeah i see i see toughest stretch as like the toughest set of five like five to ten games yeah to be fair we have like we we do have both of us include playing tottenham and liverpool so yeah and wofford exactly yeah they're in there um cool so let's what's the easiest stretch to schedule for you um i mean it's easily that uh I think it's going to be, honestly, that sweet spot where you're playing West Ham, then Burnmouth, then Aston Villa, and then... Actually, sorry. I, I meant to start the Aston Villa. Man City, obviously, is, that's a that's a sucky one, but you can rotate, or they could rotate. Um, you know, can sh- sh- shock some people. But then you play Sheffield, Southampton, Burnley, and then Palace, where it's like all of those... I mean, sans Man City, but never say never, never say never... Are winnable I games mean, to an extent. Our last match against them, we won. I said never say never. <laughs> so no, that's ex- that's exactly what I would take from from November second at West Ham all the way down to December twenty first, home against Crystal Palace. I think that's the schedule. That's the area where we're going to pick up the most points. Hey, and and um, let hey, you might as well stretch out the Boxing Day because you know I'm not sold on Man United. At oh, all, no, I'm not stretching. So I mean, I like, I they that could be a disaster as well. So I mean, as long as Newcastle have a little bit of confidence, that could be another very winnable, not winnable, but not very winnable, but a winnable match as well. So I mean, I might even throw that into that in that stretch. There you go. All right, so let's. Uh, so just setting you up for. Oh, actually, we're going to talk about one more thing that I almost forgot about. 
cup runs. Mm. So Steve Bruce has been pretty open about like saying that this is we should go for the cup, the league cup's the way to go. What do you think Newcastle's chances are, and what do you think Steve Bruce's strategy is going into the league cup, which is actually starting next week, uh, but Newcastle's not playing in it for a little bit. I think I think Newcastle gets. I can't remember if Premier League's are in the third or fourth round, but I know we could be in there by the end of this month. I mean, it, it's this simple. If if a team if if a Premier League team fields out a strong lineup for the League Cup, like that that EFL Cup or whatever, um, they, they they have a potential to make it to the semifinal or possibly to the final. I mean. It's not, it's not too difficult to advance in that. And like, if you look at Newcastle, could have done it last season. And on paper, that was that was one of the times we played Wolves. I'm pretty sure. And they had like heavily rotated their side, and we had barely rotated, and we still lost. But it was just like one of those things where Premier League teams don't take it seriously. So the League Cup is a cup that if Steve Bruce takes it seriously, they can win, and you could completely kind of slag off the FA Cup. In order to you know make, I guess make it easier to commit to playing more players during the EFL Cup run. And the good news for Bruce is that, especially off the bat, there's a lot of hungry players who want something to prove. I think with Rafa, there was a lot of situations where guys knew that they were getting cup runs because they aren't good enough to play in the first team and that kind of stuff. And there's like no real shot that they were going to even you know be back in the first team or even get an opportunity but um i think with bruce everyone feels like they everyone feels like they can start everyone is brimming with this insane amount of confidence and it's like sick good for you buddy (laughs) yeah um i you know (laughs) this is tough um i you know i don't think i don't see new like i would not put money that newcastle's gonna win a cup I hope we go for it. That'd be great, but like it's probably going to be something where we lose to Nottingham Forest again, um, or like Hall City, which we do in cups. Um, I don't know. But it's, then again, we did rotate those times we lost, like Nottingham. Yeah, it's lost, like we're playing like U twenty three guys, and it's like yeah, and we lost in penalties too. But yeah. and it, it, a lot of it depends on where we are on the table and what level of safety we have, but. And it's, it's all like, luck too. Like it's like yeah, if we luck, dr- if, luck of the draw. Yeah, if we draw like Chelsea in the second round, it's like I mean, well, the second round of us playing, it's like I mean that dream kind of gets squished because even when Chelsea rotates, they some they will probably still have a very competitive team. Yeah, who are actually fighting for minutes as well. So Christian Pulisic, it's true. Ugh. I mean, he'll <laughs> be starting every match this season book it yeah i i would i would love to get to a quarterfinals of the league cup or the fa cup like that would be really cool like that would be a fun little ride that we went on there um just something for us to cheer for honestly. i mean like, we might something. make the final then make the europa league because yeah. steve bruce he can do it he did it with hull which yeah. i mean if he could do it with hull that just proves to you that it's all about luck because <laughs> that was something yeah all right, so let's. We're gonna move on. Uh, we're gonna do some player stuff. We'll do our season predictions overall, but we are going to do this right after this break. All right, so we'll get into all of our 
fun little roster predictions. So let's pull up. Do you do you have a, a roster up, Elijah? Because um, you're going to need it. Okay. Well, I have you the thing gonna... that says players. I don't think this is that accurate, though. So I'm going to pull up one on on uh, on <laughs> transfer marked. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, so we're going to do a little, like, 25-man roster prediction right now. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so there's there's going to be a lot <laughs> of things to cover there. So just first, I'll go over some of the players that will not be with Newcastle this season because they've been put on loan. Um, I won't go. I want to talk about this for hours and hours, but I know you guys <laughs> don't want to listen to that. So mm. we have uh, Freddie Woodman. He went on loan to Swansea City. Dan Barlasar, uh, he's at Rotherham United in League One. Nathan Harker, he's playing some non-league football for Bright, Blythe Spartans. Um, he's a goalie. And then Liam Gibson, who's a left back. He's playing with Grimsby Town. Oh, Grimsby. Gotta love him. Um, so I'll, I'll be up to check uh, coming home, newcastle.com for up all be writing a nice little piece on how they're doing. So you can keep up to date on the players if you've always wanted to, like Nathan Harker. Right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So my – give me – obviously we know who the shoe-ins are for, this, for our roster. So give me your player mm. that – so let's take – how do I want to – how should we do this? I say we give our shock like additions shock to the additions. team. Additions and shock subtractions. Okay, let's just say let's. Well, say not even so- shock subtractions. Who is not going to make the team? The twenty-five man roster. Okay. Um. Let's start with. Uh. Okay. Um. So we'll we'll go ja- we'll go one on one. So you say Jamie Sterry. Okay, I'm yeah. going to agree with that one. Um. I'm going with Akraf Lazar. <laughs> Tough one there. When is okay? Okay, this is a serious question. I know we have a lot yeah. of American listeners. When is Akraf Lazar just going to go to MLS? Like there, like what is contract? I have, I have no idea. I mean, I, I yeah, okay, sure. It's just annoying at this point because it's like this guy has. Just MLS player written all over him. Just like from a country that a lot of like, he, what is he's Moroccan? Uh, maybe Lazar I don't even know. Is, yeah, I, I, oh yeah, you're right. I think he's, he's Moroccan, Moroccan, dude. No, it's, honest, it's like a country that's not you know, Moroccan. not a super world power like kind of middling player. He would easily get hyped up um, at any in an MLS club that signs him because. He played in Italy and he played in England. He played for Newcastle, and it's just like he's like just good enough as a as a left back. Where like he just will be a good left back in the MLS because like there's not a lot of good left backs in the MLS. So he should just go there, make some good money, and just call it a day because it's just annoying seeing him like literally in training, smiling and hanging out with his. I'm actually that was a little bit deep. I was gonna say smile and hang out with his family at Disney World, but like that's actually great because that's where dreams are made of. But um, anyway, yeah, Akraf Lazar definitely is gonna get cut. Um, Henri Saive, I don't even. I he, I think we're at a point where Henri Saive. I don't think he'll get like 
he's one of those guys who it's it's like he doesn't end up like he's going to end up off the team somehow like i don't know if he's going to get cut but uh he could easily get sent out on loan he's always being sent out on loan and so i'm just imagining that's going to happen again and it's just he's just not really a premier league quality player and he has his moments um but he's also people don't talk about this but some of it somewhat of a tweener who has never found success at CDM Central Mid Cam. He played left mid or left back for us at one match or something. They played left back for us one match. So he's one of those guys that just can't hold down a solid central midfield position, which is hurting his stock a lot in the Premier League because you kind of stuck to your, your roles and you kind of excel at that role. And so for that reason, I don't think he'll be on this roster. Uh, I'm going with, and this might shock you, Jack Colback. No, that's my that's my lock to make oh, the roster. I'm, I'm saying he's missing. I think there okay. was a lot of intent in the last two friendlies there. Fair. Um. Yeah, he went from playing the most minutes on the team to not playing at all. But you know, yeah, that's good. Here's one that that I think people will be mad about. But Jacob Murphy. Why would people be mad at that? <laughs> well, I don't say mad about. I don't know if mad is the word, but I don't think he'll get cut. But I think he's going to spend another season alone in the championship. Um, Rafa makes mistakes, and that's one of them. Uh, that's all I got to say about. Yeah, should have went with Josh thing here. So um, I think how many? I think there's only like four, four or five players that could miss the roster. At this point, but yeah. um, it's interesting because uh, one of I mean, the reasons why I thought Akraf Lazar would make it is because Steve Bruce coached him last year. Well, him and yeah. Rolando Aarons. And Lazar actually played very well like towards the last few games of that loan spell, and Aarons never really got into it. So it would be interesting if Lazar misses and Rolando Aarons makes it. <laughs> um, that would be an odd, I, odd yeah. little switch. And, and and it's weird because again we don't know his system and like right now you could like you, where does Christian Atsu play like is he a striker in this system because we don't have any wingers at the moment so it's like you have like Newcastle has some decent wingers but it also is like I'm sure Atsu could play as a second striker or just like one of those fringe wingers you bring off the bench when you want to change formations or something like that but it's it's weird. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, it's just I just don't. But I I think Rolando Aarons is going to make this roster. I don't really know why because like you said, I mean I thought about that too. I was like, oh, he played under Steve Bruce, and then I looked, I was like, he really didn't play that much under Steve Bruce. But like, just the way how confident and cocky that he is, that like he and Steve Bruce are boys, kind of leads me to believe that he's going to make the roster because I think Steve Bruce yeah. just likes him. Um. <laughs> no, for sure. Uh, okay, let's move. Okay. To... Do you have another person you think is not no, going to make I think the we roster? Covered the ones that are probably going to miss. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh? Why? Interesting. I mean, I'm just saying. These. Oh, okay. are you gonna? Okay. Who? Who? Are you... Who's your shock to make the roster then? Oh, I see. I think I know where you want me to go with this. Well, I don't. I didn't want you to go. I just thought it was strange that you just didn't cut this no. player. 
Why? And you yourself said he wasn't going to make an appearance well, for Newcastle this season. I don't first think team. that he's a first-team player, per se, but no, I don't think Matty Longstaff is going to make the 25-man roster. Well, we cut Jamie Sterry, so that was kind of me opening uh, the door okay. for you. Um, yeah, yeah, so I don't think Matty Longstaff will make it initially. He will play in cup games, definitely. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, he's going to captain the U23s yeah. or something. Yeah, that what a goal he yeah, scored, by the way. Good, like good on him. Seconds of him being in the game. That was good. Also, who scored said it was Sean Longstaff at first. And no, no, sorry, Fought Mob said it was Sean Longstaff at first. And I was like, Oh, good one, Shawnee boy. And then I pull up Twitter and everyone's like, Matty Longstaff, Matty Longstaff. And then like, I was oh, like, Lil Longstaff. Longstaff. Um, yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you're it's new true. to this podcast, I've been on the Longstaff train for a long well, the Sean Longstaff train. Maddie's been, you know, a pleasant surprise. I'm loving it. Um, yeah, to be, yeah, it's, it's a pleasant. I'm going to be on the Maddie Longstaff yeah. hype train. So, I just, I just love it when brothers play together in any sport. Like, uh, like I love when the Morris twins are going up against each other because you're like, which one's which? Which one's the better one? Whichever one was on the Celtics is obviously the better one. That guy was good. Um, might, but you know what I'm saying. Like, I love it when guys or brothers are playing. To watch the Morris twins play against each other because that sounds like an awful Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because they, they, like, defend each other. And it's like, you guys both have a limited skill set, but whatever. All right. Let's go to starting lineups. I'm going to give mine first. Uh, state your formation because at this point, anything goes. Um, and then yeah. we'll go from there. So... This is, I'm going to do mine in an attacking sense. Because uh, if Steve Bruce says that we're going to go for it, then we better be going for it. Um, so I'm going to do a 3-5-2. And it's going to be set up with Fabian Chair, Lascelles, and, well, depending on if Lejeune's healthy, then Lejeune will be in there. But I'll just do, because Lejeune's out and because Yedlin's still out and Sean Longstaff, Sean Longstaff is good, right? He's Yeah, I mean, he's been playing. Yeah. Also, Yedlin was in yeah. training. So I just don't know how just that out there. fit he is. Uh, so I'll just leave That's Yedlin fair. out for now. Um, and Lejeune. So I'll have Lascelles, Cher, and Fernandez as my back three. And then... In my midfield, I'm going to have a nice little taste of Sean Longstaff and then John Joe Shelby. Then we'll see a beautiful rendition of St. Gucci Max, Miggy, and Matt Ritchie. And then, oh, wait. Sorry. You got to do the whole thing over again because now I'm just No, no, no. Confused. Let's just go back to the midfield. So the midfield, Sean yeah, Longstaff. Yeah. And it's a five <laughs> yeah. midfield. Five people in the midfield. Five so midfielders. we have Sean Longstaff, John Joe Shelby, and then I'm going to have Miguel Almiron and Matt Ritchie and then St. Gucci Max and Jolin Toon up top. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I see I see why you put St. Gucci yeah. Max up top. Um I, I yeah, I, I can see that because you're you're. If I learned one thing from Greg Troxel's Saint 
Maximo yeah. podcast is that St. Gucci Max is a good secondary yes. striker. Yeah, and he's going to free up. And I, I mentioned this in the pod, in the emergency pod, but when when Miggy signed with Newcastle, the attention was thrown all on him, and that allowed Isaac Perez to free up. And then Isaac Perez went on that scoring spree. He had one goal until Miggy signed in January. So, um, and because uh, Perez had all this space, he was able to to go. But defenders can't leave Saint Max around. They can't. That'd be a big mistake. He'd score way more than Perez would. So now that the attention's going to be on him and on Almiron, but a lot less attention will be on Almiron, Almiron's going to be able to free up more because he can beat people 1v1. That's that's what he can do. But when two or three guys are on him, it's tough for him to do anything. So I expect a big year from Miguel Almiron. Mm. All right, Elijah, your, okay. your line of prediction. Yeah, this was really tough yeah. because... Um, it it okay. So if you're telling me what's the lineup we're gonna go against Arsenal with, this is the lineup okay. I would give you right here. I would give you a five in the back formation, uh, with uh going left to right in the back five. Paul Dummett. Sorry, that was just I started way off wrong. Sorry, Matt Ritchie, Paul Dummett. Is wait is Ritchie injured injured or is he? Um, I think Ritchie's. I don't. Know. I think he's. Good. I think he's fine. I I yeah. saw him in training, so we'll say he's fine. So we'll go Matt Ritchie, Paul Dummett, Jamal Sells, Fabian Share, and Isaac Hayden playing right back, because that was a delicious experiment at the end of the season that worked out really well, with John Joe Shelby and Sean Longstaff in the midfield, with two attacking midfielders sitting right behind a striker, right at right attacking mid, Saint Maximon. And at left attacking mid, Miguel Almiron, both given just, I I called them attacking mids because they have the space to stay central or drift out wide, depending on the situation. It's kind of less fluid than just making them straight up wingers. And then obviously Joel in tune up top. But I do think that somewhat changes um, when you factor in, like, if you you do a 4-2-3-1, I think you try to incorporate as best you can uh, a midfield trio of John Joe Shelby, Sean Longstaff, and Isaac Hayden. I think that would happen with a four-two-three-one, with John Joe Shelby play playing essentially as like this weird kind of number ten that's more cycling the ball um, and trying to ping it out wide to Miggy and and Saint Maximin, uh, and you know sending balls over the top to to Joel Intune. I don't know. I, I don't see a formation right now that is the perfect formation for Newcastle, just given the fact that the midfield three of John Joe Shelby, Isaac Hayden, and John Longstafford is an experiment that somewhat is going well. And Steve Bruce doesn't seem like he has the cojones to bench one of them. <laughs> so he's. I think he's just going the route of, we just might as well keep bringing St. Gucci Max off the bench until something happens. So, I mean, I don't know what Steve Bruce is going to yeah, do. Yeah, um... I don't think Mike Ashley would be too happy with a $20 million signing. Oh, my dog said hi, in case you guys heard that. Um, a $20 million signing uh, coming off the bench. I don't think that's that's where Ashley wants his money to be spent. Well, um, yeah. Let's, let's move on. So, goals. Who scores the most goals this season for Newcastle United? 
Fabian Sherry. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, no, um, it, it's going to be Joel in tune. Uh, he's going to, yeah, he's he's going to have the most opportunities to score. Um, and if Newcastle play their cards right and play on the counter, then they should be fine. Um, and in creating opportunities for him, he's got a little bit more pace than Rondon did. He's a different type of player than Rondon completely, but. Um, like both of these guys, St. Max and Almiron, are just counterattacking specialists, and they do well with strikers who are somewhat similar. Um, in in the sense of like they're not pure hold up play, um, and they both kind of do well in finding those guys. With St. Gucci Max, he played, um, he played alongside. Uh, he played, yeah, yeah. He was with the, yeah. They lost Balotelli, so he was kind of a second striker. With, um, jeez, I'm now, the guy's name is forgetting me. That doesn't matter. But anyway, they had like another technical, not straight up hold up player. And then, of course, Almiron played with Joseph Martinez and they were just burning guys on the counter. And Joseph is a small but very strong player who, like Joel Linton, likes to dribble a little bit. Not to the degree of Joel Linton, but essentially another kind of just get me this, the ball in space and counter, I'll try to finish. So I, I think he's going to score um, around 11 goals is my prediction, 11 to 12. I don't see him as getting 15 goals. 11 to 12 is the range I pick. Okay. I am also going with Jolin Toon. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit different as far as where goals are dispersed here. While he is a good hold-up striker, uh, Rondon was a masterclass at that. Dolentune will go at you, and he will attack you. And and because of that mentality, he's going to create a lot of opportunities. And also because of, A, the poor finishing of Miguel Amaran, and B, the extremely creative nature of St. Gucci Max and Mickey, Dolentune's going to clean up a lot in that box, and he's going to have to be on it because he's going to get a lot of opportunities for rebounds with these players around the box. Um, and even if Christian Atsu plays, nobody gets closer to scoring than Christian Atsu. So, <laughs> oh yeah, Christian Atsu is a master yeah. at almost scoring. Like if there was an if there was a like a what's it? Puskas? Yeah, yeah Puskas. I can't. I, if there was a Puskas for, <laughs> for almost scoring, it would be called the Atsu. Um, yeah. So I think I say Elijah that Jolentune will have a Demba esque coming out party this season. Um, mm. simply because opportunities, I think there's just going to be a lot of rebounds and he's going to just reap the awards of it. Um, just yes. due to the fact that we have super creative players right behind him. Um, so I think Joel it's and true. June, or next to him. We don't know. Or we what? still don't know. Or next to him. Yeah. We don't we don't know. Yeah. Are they gonna be behind him? Are they gonna be yeah, next to either. him? They could be in front of him. Joel and two could be a false nine in a four three three. We don't know. Happen. Um uh, who leads Newcastle in assists? I'll go first here. Ooh, okay. I'll go first here. And uh-huh. his name is Miguel Amaron. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's your uh, reasoning? Because I said so. The, guy, the okay, guy's going to have a breakout season. And, and I'm saving something for bold predictions, which you, you may know of, because I've said this. Um, yeah. But... He's got a breakout season. I, it's it's going to be an incredible year for him, and he's go he sees the field so well. His counterattack, like oh my gosh, I cannot wait to see the three of them charging at a defense 
because they're not going to be able to stop it. And if if we can find a way to outlet Miggy the ball just around the halfway line or just before it, he's gone. And it's going to be there's going to be two other players that have the ability to keep up with him. And and Miggy's faster on the ball than off, as a lot of people say. The Jolin Tune and St. Gucci Max are going to be able to run with him, and Miggy's going to be able to dish out some beautiful things for goals. Um, Miggy's Miggy's yeah. going to have. As many goals as Jolinton scores, minus by three, and that's Miguel Amaran's assists. Okay. <laughs> so, so my dumb if brain did not Jolinton understand that. Jolinton gets sixteen. So you gotta, yeah. and Miggy will have thirteen assists. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. So you're saying pretty much all but three of Jolinton's <laughs> goals will <laughs> no, be no, not all of them. Amaran. I'm just saying that, like. He's going to have a lot okay. of assists. Oh, okay. I see what yeah. okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, okay. All right. We've got there. All right. My brain has been repaired. Uh, thank you. Um, similar thing as you. It's going to be Miguel. Uh, just partially because of how well he sees the field, but the nature of Miguel Almiron as a player uh, at all levels. We saw it in uh, Copa America this year with Paraguay and. At Atlanta United, and then last season with Newcastle, um, I think it's sometimes a little bit frustrating. But he always looks to assist the teammates more rather than than finish himself. There'll be opportunities where you're like, "Miggy, just shoot," and he will pass it and square it up and put it on a platter for a player instead. And I mean, last season his option was Iose uh, Perez, who Iose Perez literally Miguel Amaron would have three assists last season if it wasn't for Iose Perez skying three shots that Miguel Moreau created, and Rondon skied a couple. And so um, he creates a lot of chances, and um, he's going to get guys in goal-scoring opportunities. And if they're in the box, he will find them and and try to make it as easy as possible for them to score, which is why I think he will lead the team in assists. All right. Moving on to our annual mm. Sean Longstaff Award. That we give out. Of course. Who last season Sean Longstaff won it. So. We give out annually to yeah. the breakout player of the year. Which I will say mm. let let's let's mm. put some groundwork in here. If you how many games okay. would you have to play to become a breakout player of the year? Is it half the season? Quarter of the season? Well, Sean Longstaff made nine what, nine or yeah. ten appearances. So I, I what I'm saying is Sean Longstaff is is in consideration still for breakout player of the year because he's still a rookie in my okay. eyes. Okay, so uh, that's a good question. You bring up a good point because is breakout player of the year, does it have to be a rookie or is it a person who previously wasn't great but is now just having an insane season? Because I think you can go both ways because breakout, just like that mm. term, doesn't just mean like, rookie guy who got promoted like that's the nature of sean longstaff but again that's a somewhat yeah, rare story I'm, I'm i mean look with at, you here you know the other guy like that's like marcus rashford it's like these are like once in a in a generation kind of players for with, teams a lot of guys kind of get working slowly all yeah. right so the sean Lo- the annual sean longstaff award will be dubbed just the breakout player of the year award or no the breakout player well, of the i think year it award could still be, be the sean longstaff, longstaff award <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I was gonna say you can still you don't have to change this. the name. You're just changing yes. the criteria. Um and my breakout player of the year award will go to Sean MF Longstaff, ladies and gentlemen. 
It's confirmed. Okay. Oh, well, uh, state your reasoning. He's, he's going to win. Let's okay. move on to the well, next one. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> I, I, yeah, the, I, I mean, it's like, I guess, because at the end of the season, we're the ones who decide these awards, so... Like, you can just pick him regardless. <laughs> he could get injured at the beginning of the season. And, like, oh, Sean Longstaff. And, because we saw how 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 impactful he was when he went down for injury. because of my bias, if Sean Longstaff or another mm. midfielder goes down and Matty Longstaff gets called up, all of Matty Longstaff's statistics goes towards Sean Longstaff winning this award. Yeah. That seems fair. I mean, that's the blood, only way to do same it. Same blood. Yeah, that's what happens when yeah. you're the younger brother. You just the older brother all the gets all the credit. <laughs> mm, the handyups. Um, my my breakout player of the year actually might shock a couple people. So I have a couple breakout players of the year. No, um, and so go ahead. We're not making rules. I've got one. I've got I've got one. Uh, one main one. And I think there's going to be a couple guys who I think will surprise some people. So um, actually, I'll leave the surprising guys for my bold predictions. I, my breakout player of the year is going to be Yoshimura Whoa! Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that he's adjust. He's had a year in the Prem, and I think each appearance from Muto has gotten a little bit better, and you can see it in the preseason as well. I think he kind of really understands how to move and how to position himself in the Premier League and use like his skill set to his advantage. So, I mean, he's kind of a tweener type player who they played him at left mid, they played him at striker in minds, and so he played a lot of different uh, different positions and all that kind of stuff. And I think that he finally has kind of been given the freedom and, and feels confident enough to, 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 uh, to kind of break out in his own regard, and I think he'll be a really solid piece off the bench. Um, I don't think it'll result in him, you know, getting 10 goals or 10 assists, but it'll be just like... A necessary improvement, um, in, in in my eyes. Just like I just think he's going to have a solid season given the opportunities he'll he'll get. So um, that's just it's it's I don't know. I I just have a gut feeling that he's going to have a, a decent season. And I mean behind and in behind he's only got to beat out Dwight Gale, who we know is not particularly a great uh, Premier League striker. And we don't even know if Dwight Gale is going to be here next season. Um, still, we don't know. So yeah. Muto, it's it's his to lose, Whoa, in my opinion. That would be, I mean, I'll take it for sure, because right at this point, mm. nobody's expecting anything from him. So if he comes out and turns up, then that's just enough. It's like a new signing. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, yeah. we'll segue okay. alert right here, ladies and gentlemen. Who is going to be the best new signing for Newcastle United this year? Elijah, you're up. Okay, so I think... Given um, our our uh, our previous talk about goals and the front three, um, I think this will come as not really a surprise to many people. Who I think the best signing of the season will be, it's going to be Jetro Willems. <laughs> Willems. Willems. Jeez, Will Willems. Willems. Hear me uh, out. Who Newcastle will not say, had, ladies and gentlemen, on this podcast, he is going to be dubbed the Dutch destroyer. Which, which we didn't make oh, that yes, up, yes, obviously, uh, but it, it is a nickname of his given by his Frankfurt coach. So we are continuing that yeah. trend. So the Dutch destroyer, uh, Adi Adi Hutel, I think is his uh, his name. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so this is why. And hear me out. So Newcastle have not had an attack minded fullback 
probably since since like I don't even know. I, like I honestly don't. Like we had just haven't had an attack minded fullback um, in terms of left back. Sorry, left back. DeAndre Yedlin is the definition of attack minded fullback um, because he just he just runs back and defends when he needs to and just tries to work his way at the pitch. But that's beside the point. Jetro, I think, is going to be a really good compliment on that left hand side um, to Miguel uh, to whoever. Um, who's who's on that side, whatever, however Steve Bruce, because we don't know Steve Bruce and how he's going to line up. But we're talking about a player who um, has had his best years playing as a fullback, is built like with a good amount of size in terms of being, like strength and, and width, all whatever, that kind of stuff. He's got good size. He's got great pace. And he's a skilled left back um, in the sense that he technically is a good player. Like he can make he can make passes he can he can do crosses he can do the whole nine yards he kind of fell off the face of the earth because he was playing a position he didn't sign up to play he was playing central midfield last season he was playing as a cdm and a central midfielder and a left just playing at left back allow him to get back and go forward when he feels like he needs to go forward and i think that he's going to be a good left wing back um in particular so if steve bruce goes with this five in the back formation jetro could easily be you know our best signing because his expectations are somewhat low because people don't know about him, but we're talking about one of the most promising players um, in in the Dutch league before he went to Germany, and now he's in at Newcastle, um, where you know he could easily just play the position he's good at playing instead of playing a position he didn't sign up to play or had never played before. Yeah, um, that's that's bold, and you know I'm actually not going to pick Dolan to. It's going to be St. Gucci. Okay. If you still dream, still to this day, Newcastle supporters still dream about Hayden Ben Arfa. And ladies and gentlemen, Mm. we got him. And he wears a Gucci headband. Has pretty impressive. Well, they're not dreadlocks, are they? They are locks. They are locks. Yeah, they're dreadlocks. He just did dreadlocks with the shade sides. Dreadlocks with the shade sides. Gucci headband. Blonde tips, too. Blonde dreadlocks with the shade. This guy's. Literally, flair personified. <laughs> yeah, this guy he's he, he's flair personified. As you may know we have dubbed him Saint Gucci Max. Um, he's he's going to be what we want and what we need. He's going to take defenders on. He's not going to care. He's going to have a crazy attitude. He's gonna he's going to act out, and we're going to love every second of it because that's that's what we like. And there's going to be some boneheaded decisions in there, but ultimately he's going to be every time he touches the ball, the whole stadium is going to stand on their feet. So that's just that's just what's going to happen. They're going to stand up. Um, so he, yeah. is, I think, is going to make such an impact and cause such a headache for other managers and defenders that his stat sheet might not say ten goals, ten assists. It might say you know four goals, six assists, or seven assists. But the impact is going to be much greater than what the final product is going to say. Um, so I can't wait to see him play. Oh, here's my here's my. Uh, I'll save it for the bold predictions. Yeah, make yeah. you guys late. Uh, actually, I'm going to for, no, you I'm going to forget, forget it. it down, I think if I. <laughs> all right, I'll write it down. Um, real quick, most likely to get sold by January. Um, Henri Saive. I mean, it's just almost happened so many times that it's like. It needs to happen. Um, and then besides him, I'd also say Dwight Gale. Okay. Um, I am going to go 
with Matt Ritchie. Oh, not a bad choice. Um, not, nothing else there. Uh, who will win goal of the season? Fabian Cher won it last year. Who yeah. gets it this year? Um, I was looking at some of the uh, uh, some of the um, some of the players in training today. Um, I'm actually gonna go. I, there's two guys I was kind of thinking about, and they're both new signings. Um, Saint Gucci Max because he's just gonna be the type of player to just take shots on from a distance, like John Joe. Um, but you know he's gonna try to hit top right hand or left hand quarter every single time. But I think I'm actually gonna go with Jetro Williams because. Um, looking at who scored, he's considered a set piece specialist. And so I just think that he's going to have just, I don't know how it's going to happen. I just think he's going to have an insane, just free kick goal this season. I don't really know why it says he's a set piece specialist, but I'm going to roll with it. And you know what? Maybe it happens. It's, it's all about the hot takes and I'm bringing you the hottest of the hot. Do you hear that, Elijah? That's that bias that's creeping in right now. Just, just creeped into this podcast. What's the bias? It's going to be Sean Longstaff. Sean M F oh. Longstaff. Oh, your, oh, your, <laughs> your bias. I was thought you were talking about me. I was like, I mean, I've not even seen Jetro Williams picture, play, so it's not really that much of a this. bias. <laughs> a beautiful okay. match against Everton. <laughs> oh, okay. Two I, two Everton. That seems odd. Eighty ninth minute, ball gets deflected out to the midfield. Sean Longstaff running up full speed, cranker, right past the Sunland lover, and we win three two again. Come from behind victory, Sean Longstaff completing the comeback, an absolute screamer. And I wanted to like bang like like his brother's goal in the friendly, like bang off the top of the post and in. Just oh, beautiful! I can hear it now. See it? It's gonna happen. <laughs> um, mm. All right, okay. the IOs a. Pro- Perez Award watch list. So, who is your pick to, and it can be either half, but they have to be completely irrelevant for one half of the season, and then insanely good for the second half of the season. Who Who is on your watch list for that? Like, completely irrelevant? I mean, he or was just there like... and did some things, but like one goal, no assist in January, and then ended with like <laughs> an insane amount of goals. Okay, and and with some assists, so yeah. like you get that um, like he okay, John Joe oh, Shelby, John. I mean, John Joe Shelby's not a guy who's gonna gonna consistently give you goals, but he always has his couple key passes in the match. He's he's gonna get his play time, but I mean, he can score when he needs to score, and if he gets hot, that confidence is like what drives him. He's got something to prove, so I do think like he could have a. I don't think it'll be as irrelevant as Iose Perez's first half of the season, but I think it'll just be the the contrast between his first half of the season and his second half of the season is going to be drastic in some way. I think, I'm, I'm saying second half of the season, he gets three or four, maybe five goals and four to five assists um, easily. Mine, Yoshinori Muto. Oh, that's, that's a good pick as it's well. Completely irrelevant the first half of the season. Maybe a player gets sold. Maybe an injury picks up. He starts getting more minutes, mm. and the he's he's Japanese, right? Okay, the Japanese yes. assassin. The Japanese the samurai. samurai. You missed out on Yoshinori Muto 
the Samurai will come through and dominate in that second half of the season. We would love to continue on, but we have well, actually we are going to, but we have to take a break. Um, so let's go do that right now. All right, Elijah. Bold predictions time. Mm. Uh, do you want to go first, or yes. do you want me to? Do you want Do you want the listeners to go first because they let's, had a few? I'll do me first. Then we'll do listeners, okay. and then you'll close us out. All right. Executive decision. All right. My okay. main bold prediction is Jose Perez will score against Newcastle United this year. But Miguel Almiron will have double the amount of goals and assists that Jose Perez does this season. That's yeah. insane. So Miguel Miguel's going to have two goals and two assists? <laughs> At least double. That's what I'll say. <laughs> le- oh, okay, okay. So he's going to have at least two goals <laughs> yeah. and two assists. So Perez will score against Newcastle, but Almiron will absolutely dominate his production. That's my mm. bold prediction. That is bold. It is All bold. Right. That's, Let's that hear is what the bold. listeners have to say. Yeah, so um, we've got... Uh, let's start with... With this is this is a good one. Uh, this is from thirty fifty Feral Hog Stan account at Drew Ham Five. I, I don't understand the name Drew, but I'm, okay. We'll just maybe it's a is it a Razorbacks Arkansas Razor? I don't even know be, what the reference is. To but it. like but, we love it. Yeah, we do love it. We, Trust we, me, we we love, we love it. Oh, he's he, looks like he's a big Philly guy. What's up? So, uh, well, uh, What's up, bro? Okay. Uh, well, or his Twitter wallpaper is. Anyway, his bold prediction is that he says, My bold prediction is that my blood pressure stays at a healthy level this season because I've already started playing for championship level football next oh. year. So, oh. uh, I mean, I hope that's not that bold because predi- I don't want his blood pressure to go at well, an yeah, unhealthy we, level. We care about you. So, yeah, yeah. So just please don't. If you have high blood pressure, like, let us know, and we'll send some yes. thoughts and prayers. We'll do that, yeah. So, uh, that's him. Um, we got CW at Rochi underscore 38. He says, we finished top 10 in the oh, league. That's bold. Is this Brian, no, Brian that's, Nelson's that's burner account? That's nowhere near as high as what Brian would say. Yeah, he, Brian's like, I think with Steve Bruce, we could he, get third. This guy, he at least gave him, like, <laughs> half, the top half. So I was like, if they finished yeah, 10th or 11th, he was like, see, I was close. Yeah. But, yeah, but he didn't that's say fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one's from Joe at JM8999. Think Almiron struggles without his Spanish-speaking friends. Interesting. Interesting take, considering Almiron's had a very good preseason. And has a um, Spanish-speaking so. striker. Yeah, I don't. Joel Linton speaks Spanish. Oh wait, I'm gonna say Brazil is Portuguese. But yeah, he probably does. But yeah, I'm gonna say because I have a friend who's Brazilian and he speaks Portuguese and Spanish because like everyone else around them speaks Spanish in Brazil, so they just have to. But yeah, also speaks German. It's insane how like how like multilingual you just are if you play football on a world level, like. 
or if you're just not American. Well, why do we? Never mind. That's another argument. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um. Anyway, um, we've got uh Paul Dietrich. Uh, Paul R. Dietrich. Uh, this is probably very stupid, but I'm starting to think with the pace we have on the wings will actually be a tough matchup for bad teams and survive easily. Of course, I may be underestimating Steve Bruce's detrimental <laughs> effect. And he's right. On paper, this team is a fun team and the pace would be insane. Um, they're going to be a sneaky FIFA team that people use next season because you have so much pace with your fullbacks and with the, and with your three up top. So, you know, I don't know. But, yeah, easily, if he says, we survive. Um, Robert L. Bishop with actually, I would say I would say bold, but then you look at the history and it's maybe not that bold of a take. Um, he says, at least two unsuccessful takeover attempts before the end of the January window. <laughs> which like is, like, it's a good one. Um, we've got uh, Man Listen at Prada James. Finish 15th, Joel Entune scores more than 10, but less than 15 goals. Not so bold so far. Midfield is a source of strength, but the back line leaves everyone wondering what could have been. Oh, that's bold. Huh. That's a spicy take, but again, makes a little bit of sense because, you know, I mean, you would imagine, maybe this back line isn't as disciplined under Steve Bruce because they aren't getting drilled on being disciplined. Um, we got David Hatch, former coming home Newcastle writer. Shout out to him at David Hat Hatch, David underscore Hatch. My beautiful new son. Okay, starting off bold here. ASM will score at least one goal with his headband covering his eyes. That's a good one. And then, of course, um, we've got a couple more. Tom Fivey, at Tom Fivey. I'm hoping ASM has some end product, but I can't see Joel Linton getting more than 11 or so goals. Would love to be wrong. Longstaff has to be a candidate for youth player, young player of the year if he carries on. That last one, that actually that actually could happen. Um, and we got Gianfranco Shola, you, me, and NUFC, if you want to follow him. It's a staple of NUFC Twitter. I was saying to a mate the other day, this season's like a blind date. A blind date where you have no idea who the woman is. This, that is, time out. Just, hey, for clarification, if you were wondering what a blind date is, that is what a blind date is. Uh, a blind date where you have no idea who the other person, that's literally just a blind date. But anyway, a blind date where you have no idea who the woman is. This season could go any which way. I think ASM could be a surprise and in a good way. Shelby to have a great year. Beyond that, who the hell knows? And then, coming home Newcastle replied, Bruce could win manager of the year. Who knows? And Jimmy Conrad replied to that, I want to drink what you're drinking. So that happened. I think that's it. Oh, we have a couple from our staff. Uh, those are really, really quick. Um, geez. Uh, all right. We'll just do those after mine because I can't find them. So okay. you'll find them. You just yeah. stare in the slack. Anyway, so I got a couple. Um, actually, I found them. He said, Mirza says Miggy will score at least one goal this season. Uh, Kyle Chandler says, one lost muffin, if you don't know him. Newcastle finishes in the top half of the table. And Graham Bell says, Bruce quickly surprises people with his management of NUFC, going undefeated in his first eight games, eventually leading them to an eighth place finish. That is a bold prediction if that's I've ever read said? one. And Whoa. Yeah, that's what Graham said. Yeah. 
And Brian didn't say anything. Um, Brian also said that. Well, I guess we'll count this as as a Brian that, Nelson bowl prediction. We're but he tag says that, as well, that Brian we could Nelson bowl prediction, <laughs> Graham's prediction. Yeah, uh, Brian Nelson, our site manager, who famously said Newcastle would finish sixth last season, Mo Diame could play on the wing, and that DeAndre Yedlin could be a central defensive midfielder, also said that Jamal LaSalle's uh, could be sold by January. Well, he'd sell them in, in January if he didn't see significant improvement in him. So uh, that happened. Um, but on to my bowl predictions, what everyone's been waiting on. So I've got a few. Um, first one. St. Gucci Max will be the new Iose Perez. That's my right. bowl prediction. In and not in the way that you think. Okay, yeah. I just said not in the way that you think. In the way that he will be the most polarizing player in Newcastle in the, for the next okay. three years. People will either love him or they will hate him. And they will die on that hill. With Iose, it was just like, you either loved Iose Perez or you hated him. There's really no in-between. And even if you were kind of neutral like me... I lean towards disliking him at times because it's easy to love him when he scores goals and it's easy to hate him when he doesn't. And St. Gucci Max is going to be a guy where you're going to love the fact that he dribbles and it's got all this flair, but you might also hate the fact that he dribbles and has all this flair because he might over dribble. Um, one example of this is Atlanta United's fans, fans' opinions towards Ezekiel Barco last season who just dribbled to his heart's desire it was fun to watch and he scored some really sick goals and it was cool and he was clearly like a really good player but he made boneheaded plays a lot of the times just due to the fact that he over dribbled and i think that that could happen to saint gucci max um next bowl prediction jack colback will be on this newcastle united roster and he will come off the bench as a cdm destroyer when we need to close out matches that's my bold prediction. It's not really rooted in anything besides the fact that, like, he's our only kind of destroyer-type build at Newcastle. We don't have a Modiame, like, if we want to go to a physical, just let's defend-type midfield. Then again, we don't know what Steve Bruce wants. If Steve Bruce doesn't even want a CDM like that, I mean, we were linked to Tiago Maia. My, how do you say his name, Greg? Do you know how to say it? Tiago Maia. We're going to say Maia. We... we yeah, we can't sign this guy because I can't pronounce his name. But he could be that type of player. But maybe Jack Colback. Who knows? Um, Sean Longstaff will score against Manchester United is my final bold prediction. Um, it's just it, like poetry. It, it's just it's just going to happen. Like, link to Man U this whole season. Uh, apparently snuffed them. And he will score against them. Maybe a hat trick. Probably not a hat trick. But at least one. Oh, excuse me. Wow, leave that in. Don't edit that out. Uh, yeah, Or edit it out. I don't know. Um, but he will score against Manchester United. So those are a lot of bold predictions. All right. Mirza takes – not Mirza. Graham takes the cake, though. <laughs> That's the boldest, for sure. What a yeah. – All right, and then we'll – before we do questions, we'll do our predictions for Newcastle United for this season. Um, do you want to go first? Do you want me to? Um, you can All go right. first because I just said a lot of stuff, so people are probably tired of hearing yeah. my voice. Yeah. So my prediction is that Newcastle United finish in fifteenth place, um, safe, barely, um, and that's it. <laughs> uh, we get a lot of goal. We get a lot of action from our top three, but um, management pretty detrimental. Luckily, 
I think the three that that do get relegated this year are Sheffield, Norwich, and Brighton. I'm going to go a slightly different direction. And I was it was I was honestly, to be honest guys, I was going to say 16th. I was going to say that, but I just had a last minute change of heart. And I'm going to say Newcastle will finish 12th. Nice. I would I would like that. I just I think I think that there's it's just there are teams that are that are failing to plug certain holes and even though it's one player it's like I feel like the, like the holes Newcastle had to plug although they were important they aren't that special um in the sense that like it wasn't like Newcastle were replacing a the, the like the best striker in the Premier League or I mean like or best striker in the mid table like Rondon's a great striker he'll get you 10 goals but that was like his highest goal total ever in the Premier League I was impressed same thing it's like they both had great seasons not because of their particular ability themselves and you've replaced them with like solid players who could get to that level um and are younger and have a little bit of a different skill set that could lead them to to also getting to those levels but like i mean Leicester don't have a replacement for their best center back i mean crystal palace have lost essentially one of their best players and there doesn't seem to be a clear cut replacement for him so i think there's there's going to be a little shake up in the mid table southampton really haven't improved to a degree in which i would consider them dangerous um west ham is another team that really hasn't taken huge steps forward in my eyes and they i don't know watford is another one i mean wolves are the our wolves i think are going to be great but i mean other than that it's just burnley is another team where i'm just like i mean they're fine i guess i don't know it just seems like there's a lot of mad teams and if Newcastle play their cards right, you got a more experienced Premier League team, you shouldn't drop as many points, that kind of stuff, they could reach as high as 12th. Who knows? Yeah, I think the the difference here for me is if Rafa's managing this team, I'm like legit saying 10th. Um, if, yeah, that's, if yeah Steve I Bruce, agree. If Bruce is you... managing this team, it's going to be a relegation fight. That's just the way I see it. Um, maybe he can prove me wrong, but... There's a lot of data there that proves the otherwise. So that's the depressing side. Um, oh, I'm going to hear. I'm, we're going to hear a ton of it. I'm going to hear a ton of it for saying 12th from a particular Twitter account that will remain unknown. Um, so we'll say we'll go to questions. Uh, we'll start oh. with Will Watson at Batman's Milkman. <laughs> I, I oh, shout out I Will. That. I love we that. Shout him out twice. <laughs> Batman's milkman. It's a great Twitter. Um, so Will says, will Steve Bruce be able to coach players uh, bought for him to use by the club and players bought by the club on his request? Um, the club has spent a lot of money on the players the club wants over what suits the coach. Could this be detrimental to the success of the club moving on? And also, Elijah, I would like you to pronounce Alan St. Maximin as many times as possible with your amazing French accent, please. <laughs> oh, okay. Alan St. Maximum. As many times as possible. Oh, the, you'll hear it so many times. Alan St. Maximum. Alan St. Maximum. Give me five. All right, give me that's five. just going to get annoying. Alan St. Maximum. Alan St. Maximum. Alan St. Maximum. Alan St. Maximum. That was really <laughs> bad. 
Oh, I have one more. Alan St. Maximal. What if it's... That what, is a loaded question, Alan by the Saint way. What if it's Alan St. Maximal? <laughs> I mean, it probably is, but he, he's here yeah, for the yeah. accent. He's not here. He's not here for accuracy. <laughs> um, so so let's let's break it into segments. So um can can see Bruce coach the players that was fought for him rather than play wait. So basically he's saying like we've spent a lot of money on players that the club wanted, not necessarily that Steve Bruce wanted because those players were lined up well before Steve Bruce was in the mix. So ideally, can he coach yeah. those players? What's your thoughts? Yes. Um, here's my here's my reason why. I think a lot of people do point to extreme cases. Uh, Fulham, potentially Aston Villa, where this has happened. But if you look at those cases, there's a massive turnover of, like, Aston Villa brought in 10 signings. Fulham brought in 8 or 9 last season, um, where it's like, this is almost an entirely new team the coach didn't ask for. Uh Basically, Steve Bruce kind of knew what he knew. He already knew about Sean Longstaff. He knew about Jojo Shelby. He knew about Isaac Hayes. So your midfield's fine. Yeah. Well, okay, we're not going to count them because they don't exist in my eyes. Uh, I hope they both just. I mean, actually, I want Rolando Aaron's to stick around because he's still only twenty-three. The long, he's like he's like the new Jason Tatum, just just a really young guy for a long time. You're like at some point, when is this guy gonna be old? Um, anyway, um, but like he, so he's got a good idea of what he's working with. He's got he knows the center backs already. He knows who his fullback options are, and so I think if there's just more stability um, in in the players we have already, and he already kind of knows what he's working with. You added two wild cards, two of which are very solid players and a guy like Jetra Willems. So I think that he'll be fine. Again, that's assuming Newcastle don't really make any other signings. I don't expect them to maybe bring in one other player, but I, I think that Bruce will be fine. Um, coach is, is a weird term though. Cause I don't know. I don't know how much Steve Bruce is going to be able to improve any player at Newcastle United. Um, because I don't really know how great he is at developing players. And when I think of a guy who's coaching players, I think development's a big part of it. And Rafa has clearly made certain players better than when they arrived at this club. Isaac Hayden's a perfect case in point where he was a cast out at Arsenal and has become a 25 million pound rated mid- midfielder. So um, I don't know. I don't know if Steve Bruce is going to be able to improve players, but I don't know if that has anything to do with the signings brought in. I just don't think that he's going to be that great of a coach in that regard. Yeah, uh, you're t- you're looking at a coach that is has the second lowest winning percentage of any manager that's managed over 250 matches in the Premier League. That's that's what we have. To be fair, he's had the worst of the worst in terms of Premier League teams. Well, Let's I'm, at least yeah, give him that. Bit also, of if doubt. he was better, then a better team would hire him. Same point. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think when, when you have a, like a brilliant manager you take a Pep, a Rafa, I mean, there's, there's a bunch out there. I don't, you know, we all know who they are. They, they are the type of managers that decide what players that fit their system because they have a specific system that works and it's proven. The issue is Steve Bruce doesn't have that. So I don't think he's a type of manager that's like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I need, I want this player. He fits my system. I think Steve Bruce just like puts it together. He's just happy to get people. That's 
at this point. I'm not. I'm being serious. Like I don't. I think. I think that's no, straight yeah. on. And and these are the most expensive players Steve Bruce has ever yeah. seen. Like on his yeah. team. Like like he's like he's delighted that he's got a. a Strikers with technical ability. I mean, when the rumors were floating around the the types of players Steve Bruce were interested in signing, it was like these like twenty eight year old cast out midfielders who were or, or like championship quality players. It's like Steve Bruce isn't even at the level of being able to scout players that would fit in the Premier League level. So I don't even think he should have a say on Premier League players coming into the club. So yeah, you're spot on with that analysis, Greg. All right, next is from Mile High Jordy. He said. Wait, did you cut? Wait, time out. The club has spent a lot. Could the, I think? Let's can we break down that second part of the question real quick about the club has spent a lot of money on players the club wants over what suits the coach. Could this be detrimental to the success of the club moving on? And so, like you kind of hit on that, but I do want to address like this idea of like Newcastle being a club that scouts their own players and their own products. Um, do you think that like? Newcastle scouting and purely re- relying on their scouting is going to be detrimental to the club, given the couple signings we're making so far and players are. Uh, if if the players, it, it's simple as this: if the players perform, then no, and if the players don't perform, then yes. It, it's really that. Like I'm not like if if it's up to Steve Bruce, if Steve Bruce has to tactically get us out of situations, then we're we're doomed. But if these players perform and mm. put the ball in the net, then then I guess it doesn't really matter, does it? So, like, yeah. Graham Carr, honestly, like, the players that he scouted aren't bad players. So... And, they, and the, the players Graham Carr has scouted in the past weren't bad players. He just were never... He was never given the funds to yeah. sign them. Let's not forget all the different players Newcastle have been linked to under the Graham Carr era that Mike Ashley just refused to sign. And, of course, they're now all worth $60 million plus yeah. pounds. So I, I, it's, it's really – and it's so like it's such a cop-out answer, but it's true. It's like if the players perform, then it won't be detrimental in this case. Moving on. Yeah. I think I, – I, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, yeah. At Mile High Jordy, um, he said – who are the three teams worse than NUFC and why? Is there a fourth team or, dare I say, a fifth team worse than us? Um, I, I I put my relegation predictions as uh, Sheffield United or yeah Sheffield United, Norwich, and Brighton. Um, honestly, that's the teams right now that I definitely would say. We're better than I, I. Burnley is another team we've we've talked about that we could be better than. Um, Southampton, maybe. I just I just I don't believe in Southampton as being a solid mid-table team because would, would, on, would you say like, we're they definitely look, better like, than them, or they're definitely worse? Well, than I just us? said you're talking about Burnley like that as toss-up teams. I thought we were talking about like teams that no, are like yeah. So who Maybe. who is your three teams that you know for sure are worse than Newcastle United? Brighton, Norwich, Sheffield, Villa, and Villa. Okay, and Villa. Villa, I think, are all talk. They did the same thing Fulham did last season. Looking at their list of players, they've brought in a lot of players who um, Premier League teams were interested in a while ago, and then the interest faded off for a reason because they weren't good players. 
and Villa were like, oh, no one's signed this guy yet. Why don't we sign him? And it's like, there's a reason he wasn't okay. signed. So Yeah, so you say there's four definite. I say there's three with like a couple borders. Um, the, ne- the next question is, did Newcastle improve this offseason or are fans so desperate for anything that bringing in a couple new players and a loan signing has most fooled when you look at who left? Uh, I think I might be reading this wrong. All right. Did Newcastle improve this offseason or are fans so desperate for anything that bringing in a couple new players and a loan signing has you fooled when you look at who left and then the squad is from last season? That's pretty much what he's saying. Um, I I think I, it's tough. It's going to be really tough to say if we improved. We definitely improved at left back. The night day. It's not even not even a question. We got better there. Yes, we we have yeah, a left. Back. So obviously we're it's better. Um, and I think if if Saint Gucci Max is playing the same position as Perez, then. I think that he's better than Iosi Perez, but um, striker that I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think Jolentoon's going to take care of business, but there are different players, Rondon and Jolentoon. So we'll we'll have to see. But just based on those signing, those two signings, and yeah, I would say we got better in those spots. I uh, but we dropped yeah, significantly yeah. in in tactics and managerial. So. It's like it could be a wash. It could be even worse than a wash. Yeah, I mean the drop off is. is it, I think there like there's a lot of people who are throwing these these like there's long list of players that we've lost, and realistically, it's not really that that long list of players. Sure, we lost Modiame, but Modiame, yes, everyone's like, oh, he had the most tackles in the Premier League. He also attempted the most tackles and led our team in fouls. So like. Yeah, he's great. He also couldn't retain the ball, and I'd rather have our current midfield three than Modiame anywhere near the midfield. I'd take Sung Young Ki over Modiame. I would um, also. The depth I'm is also pretty much pretty the happy same. that I won't have to see him give up a foul right outside the box, um, which would be also goal. happy I don't have to see a non-technically gifted player wearing the number ten. That's just is like my eyes were bleeding. Um, in terms of depth. I mean, I wouldn't say that Newcastle were as thin as people are saying. I mean, consider the amount of injuries Newcastle had all season and still managed to finish a solid mid-table spot. Like, people forget, John Joe Shelby and Paul Dummett pretty much didn't play until the second half of the season. Like, just didn't. Like, they were not factors. They didn't play at all. And we have both of them back, both seemingly healthy for the full season. Sure, you can't, not everything's perfect. Yeah, there's issues with DeAndre Yedlin and issues with Javi Mankio. But we have a left back now, which is something we really didn't have before. Um, and, like, Greg and I both really don't like Iosa Perez that much and don't think he's as effective as as he could have been. Um, so, on paper, I think Newcastle did get better. I think that you want maybe one or two more signings uh, just to strengthen. That could potentially strengthen the the squad a little better. Maybe another striker um, because I think you want three somewhat competent strikers considering maybe Gale's on his way out. Um, And then maybe another central midfielder. But even then, I'm fine with our central midfield now. I mean, and if that forces us to have to play Matty Longstaff, then, oh, no, what a terrible problem to have. 
potentially another breakout player. Oh no. Ah. <laughs> All right. And our last question. Making an appearance once again, the official questionnaire of CHN Radio, Trevor Mooney at Trevor Mooney twelve. He had a nice little off season, it seemed. He said, with our dear Rafa departed, who would have the best chance to keep us from relegation this season? Steve Bruce, Bruce Wayne, or Bruce Almighty? That's a good question. Um, I'm going with Bruce Almighty. I mean, that's that's the Lord. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like he would probably have true. the best chance. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Bruce Wayne. I mean, that's you can't go wrong there. The, the, well, he's a billionaire. He's like the richest man oh, in like good. DC universe. I wasn't even thinking about that, but that's a great. It's yeah. One thing that we like, know for it's sure, like, <laughs> it's two and three, not one. That's the answer. <laughs> yo, yeah, yo, yeah, no, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I just I think that like at first I'm thinking, what could Batman do? Like, could he kidnap? But Batman wouldn't kidnap like Pep Guardiola. Or he, but then I'm like, wait. Batman's Bruce Wayne. Like, he's also the richest person ever. Like, so he'll just buy Newcastle and, like, it does, like, Bruce, Steve Bruce won't have a job because, like, every manager will love to manage, manage underneath Bruce Wayne, who has unlimited funds. So, yeah, uh, Bruce Wayne, final answer, love it. lock it in. All right. Well, Elijah, I think, I think we're done here. We've, we've previewed yeah. this entire season. Yeah, that's one for the commute. Yeah. Um, on the way there, is there and anything back. else that you'd like to say before we bid our listeners farewell? Um, goodbye. Uh, if you're, if you're okay, yeah. Also, hey, this Sunday, no matter what happens, um, whether you go to the game, whether you boycott, or whether you for, wake up late and forget that the game's on, or whether you're in church, don't let anyone tell you that you're you're not a, a true fan because of your actions. Uh, if you've been supporting this club until this moment, you're definitely a true fan because there's a billion reasons to leave uh, Newcastle uh, as a team to support. And I've seen people do it. And if you're still sticking with the club, you are a true fan. Don't let the haters get you down. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to our season preview podcast. That concludes episode 72. I'm your host, Greg Troxell. That is the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom, and you're listening to the most beautiful sounds of bladed races. Away the lads. Factory and up to the job in a day. Just can him do to the railway bridge, the bus will flow off there. The lasses lost the crinolines and the bales that hide their faces. I got two black eyes and a broken nose and gammon to blade and raises.
hat that we put on the way we went again But them that had their noses broke they came back our end Some went to the dispensary and some to Dr. Gibbs's And some to the infirmary to mend their broken ribs's Sing a song and I sang the Paddy Fagan. I danced the jig and swung me twig the day I went to bleeding. The blade and tune, the bellman he was carrying there, they called him Jackie Broom. I saw him talking to some chaps, and then he was persuading to Gamsey Jordy Ridley showing the mechanics how it bleeding. Johnny had a white hat on, they yelled, we stole the cuddy. There were spice dolls and monkey shows and ad wife selling ciders. And a chip of a hot knee's own devotion, no more that's for riders. 